Wonderful. Yes, so, well, um, let me introduce you to our audience. Uh, we are talking with Laurie Nemetz. Uh, you're an expert in anatomy trains, which is a, a system of understanding of the anatomy via fascia and slings. And you're also a certified Pilates teacher and a yes. yoga uh, certified teacher and movement specialist. So I would like you to tell us a little bit about how you first encountered this world of fascia. How, how did you got involved into it? Oh, that's a good question. It <laughs> goes back a little bit too. Um, I actually too, in my background, um, am a dance movement therapist. And I still practice that. Um, that's under licensed psychotherapy. And that's actually kind of what wove me into this whole world of anatomy. Um, when I got my master's degree and first got my license, I was working with people. I definitely had um, anatomy as part of my background. But I had a vast curiosity. There must be more. And there must be more to explain what I was seeing in my clients. I was, you know, this was 25 years back when I additionally got my Pilates certification in yoga. And I just, I wanted to know more. I had a really big interest in needing to know more than just the muscle names and bone names, which I'd memorized. Um, so I was, I think I was lucky around that time. Um, I found too, kind of early on in my switch over into the anatomy world, I found Tom Meyer's first edition of Anatomy Trains, and it just, it spoke to me because it was all about connection. And that's a lot of what we do in the movement world, is actually look at the relationships between things and, and looking at things as a sense of holism. So for me, that just really um, clicked together a lot of different things, dove into that work. Um, like I said, the time, Tom had also a 200-hour body language course in New York City. So I took that with him and, and some of the faculty at the time. And also at his suggestion, dove into um, dissection work a little bit deeper. So I went to Mount Sinai, took some courses there, um, and then really started to take a deep dive into the dissection world which has also been my other main interest um, in terms of all of this work besides the movement. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, in my experience, uh, the, the view of anatomy trains is so valuable precisely because of this holistic view of integrating and understanding the body as a whole, not as only isolated muscles or isolated movements. So now that you mentioned about your experience in psychotherapy, uh, I, maybe it's already in the edge of science to, to talk about the mind and the body and the anatomy, but I, I, I would like you to tell us a, a little bit about how, does this under, how working with the body and the movement in a more integrated way has an impact on the mind states or on, I don't know, emotional states or psychological things. How has been absolutely. your experience with that? Um, absolutely. In fact, I'm coming up end of this week presenting at the American Dance Movement Therapy Conference on kind of this very topic of relationship 
of anatomy trains work into the work in, in movement therapy. And I think for a while we had ideas of some of the lines having relationship into things, and it's something I've looked at. For example, the superficial front line, we know anatomically there's more fast twitch fibers mm-hmm. for the muscle fibers in the front of this body. It makes sense. If we have a fear reaction, we're going to close in the front of that body and protect what is really vulnerable in our body. Whereas the back of the body is more about lifting and maturing. Um, Well, you know, early on in my career work, I specialized in trauma work. So, Amy, post 9-11, I had people um, who did illustrations for me of their body position like this. They, I mean, drew it so clearly of this collapse of what we now kind of call the superficial front line that it's very, very striking to me um, to then make some of those associations, which what, you know, what we can make um, hypothetical applications. Or for the superficial back line, I worked also a number of years with kids with autism, which we know are toe walkers. Yes, yes. And that toe walking... Yeah, they, they come up, and if you think about it, of course, that's going to tighten that whole back myofascial chain. And used to be, and I mean, movement therapy it would be like, well, you taught them how to stomp or ground. But that's very irritating to a body system if their tendency is to be up higher on the toes. One of the things that works really well in that population is things like hair tinglers. Yeah. And if you think about it, that's the connection of scalp fascia, epicranial fascia, all the way down through that back line. So, you know, I'm putting out there some of those thought processes. Maybe there really is a connection, just like we work now in Pilates and yoga, somewhere up or down those related chains and lines. Maybe we can do the same psychologically for some of our populations. We've looked at it in different ways you know, historically through Laban movement analysis, mm-hmm. which has some, you know, some, he, he was the same time period as Buckminster Fuller, which I always Buckminster find fascinating. Fuller, yes, so fantastic. there's some looking at, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so these, some of these kind of, you know, things that they may not have met, but there's some of those same ideas bouncing around in terms of shape and everything else. It's just fascinating to me so we're starting to make some more of those you know connections in there as well um i always like to remind people that you know i mean anatomy trains tom did it first as a theory as a a thought process yes but people like jan vilke are now um looking at some of the lines independently and seeing what we can test and and go okay yes there is a relationship bottom of the foot to the hamstrings or what have you. Um, Jan Vilke just is publishing an article that just came out on the arm lines to continue some of the work that he initially did to look at Tom Meyer's lines. So it's all good. More, more evidence yeah. is gathering to support this view of anatomy. <laughs> I know, we froze for a moment there, I think. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> yes, uh, I was I was saying that more, more evidence is gathering around these... Uh, anatomy trains model of understanding the body and now that you say about the autism and toe walkers it came to my mind uh, the habitual uh, posture or expression of ballet dancers maybe it has to do also with the with that same line and i was wondering 
um, what could you tell with your dancing experience about um, this like body disposition to present yourself and to take space and to 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 be on stage like what what do you feel think know it gets activated into the body like 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 this um Yes, this position. It can be also, for example, in my martial artists that they get into a kamai, which is like on guard, that that you are like ready, maybe not as a fight or flight, but a previous state of I am here ready to, to meet life. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on, on that idea. <laughs> I do. Actually, that hits upon another area I really, really am fascinated with. And, you know, in psychology, we talk about, you know, individual kind of ego, but also a larger cultural um, manifestation of a process. And I think this is the case, too, you mean, in body movement and architecture. So we all know, too, there's different cultures whose um, sense of body space, what their comfort level is of closeness or distance is very different from another culture. You mentioned ballet dancing. Well, think of the cultures that um, put that as a high ideal. That's also Gothic architecture yeah. and that sort of sense of soaring space. So I think, you I mean, our whole culture, whether or not we realize it, Sometimes, I mean, the buildings we design are a reflection of a cultural aesthetic of space. Yeah. Um, and that can also, in turn, impact us again. Um, I'm always interested in things like how cities design space for the people that live in them. So is there gathering spots? Is it very, you know, what, what is done to help reflect that? Or again, what is in a culture some of the ideals um, for movement practices? And I think that can reflect back on the lines. Um, and, and to say, you know, just like people in psychology, we have movement preferences. We all do as individuals. We're not all going to look identical. But what we want to be able to do is be able to access some of those different qualities if we need to. And that's fascinating to me, too. Can we access different things where we need to, um, you know, in a time of stress or, or whatever it is? Uh, there was a guy named Alan Lomax, who I'm also always fascinated with. You might have heard of. Yeah. He did the Smithsonian Folkway recordings. He's mostly known in music. But he also did this project um, of movement qualities, choreometrics with actually a group of two other dance movement therapists and PTs, and they looked at cultural forms of movement. You know, in the mountains, do they need high-stepping folk dances and those sorts of things? And I think that, I mean, can reflect on the anatomy trains lines where certain qualities, you know, for certain cultures actually do make sense to practice in a different way, I mean, based on your geography. And that's all, all good and fine. A lot of folk dances practice fascial resiliency really well. <laughs> they're simple, yes. but they're repetitive, and they, you know, utilize the lateral line, which to me is very social. Um, you know, I find that fascinating. That crosses all cultures fairly well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How, yeah. How do you 
feel that your body has changed since you are using these anatomy <laughs> trains view like how is your posture your movement what has how how does this like mental clarity of how your body works have have had an effect on you ah, that's a really good question <laughs> good questions <laughs> um i actually i try to be more um Conscientious too. I'm I'm what Tom would refer to as a temple dancer type quality. My thumb easily teach, touches my forearm, and I tend towards more hypo mobility mobility in my movement. Um, so sometimes too, I look towards actually um, more strengthening in my movement qualities and training and cross working into different actions to keep my own body healthy. Um, I also love to kayak and I've done I've kayak guiding too for a while. You may have seen some of the pictures. And that involves hauling, you know, heavy kayaks or carrying them and doing all of that. And my tendency was always towards the very mobile movement, especially yoga was my main movement modality or modern dance for, for a very long time. And so I think all of this learning has made me much more aware of the necessity to move with different vectors of movement, different loads of movement, all of that. And to keep, you know, to keep healthy um, in that way is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm a work in progress just like the rest of us. Yes. I'm by no means perfect, but I've been, you know, relatively injury-free over the years. And I think a lot of that is, you know, and things hop up, but you cope with it differently because um, there's a value placed on that sort of um, movement too. I mean, try to get outside every day and take a walk. It's really important. Yeah, like <laughs> the basic movement. Uh, it, what you have just said give me a feeling of uh, finding a certain like contention, like having hypermobility, mm. like you, you can go very far, but maybe the, the work is like to come back home and keep that connection. So regarding to that, it, it came to my mind the, the, the deep line, the one that has to do with the core, the diaphragm, the psoas, the, the posterior tibialis and, and all that, the throat and etc. So that, that is for me like very interesting line and system because it, it is like very intimate, like 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 mm. the heart has to do with the pelvic floor and with the obviously with the throat and everything so like i i've been trying to to understand like this uh, thing of intimacy vulnerability the center of the body but at the same time it has i mean it's also the center and it's like the core strength with the breathing Absolutely. and the survival response and the superpower of the psoas, like, like, <laughs> uh, this is a, an open question, an invitation just for you to elaborate on, on this, like, feeling of vulnerability, intimacy, center, but at the same time, like, the full potency of the survival response and breathing and the heartbeat and, and the expression of the voice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's all in there in, you know, the anatomy trains definition of core, which is really fascinating. And it's one of those lines, too, um, in dissection lab, 
very easy to get those pieces connected together. Where the legs of the diaphragm meet the psoas, it's, it, there's just so much continuity um, that where one thing ends and one begins, there isn't separation until we really have to force that. And I love that this line starts with the bottom of the feet and has the root <laughs> map setting me go up through the tongue. Um, there's a lot of women post-pregnancy that have their feet flatten in the arches or some of that relationship of the pelvic floor to some of these other um, diaphragms of the body. And I find that fascinating. I've been part of that fascial net plastination project yes, too. Yes. And we have a lovely um, plastinated now pericardial sac that sits on top of the diaphragm. And again, that's the people don't often see it until they're in dissection lab, but that pericardial sac, the fascia around there, is just so continuous, continuous with the diaphragm that it's just it's so lovely to think about that relationship in your body all the time happening. It's not big movement, but boy, is it important movement that's working together. And to think about, like as you said, if there's emotional response or something else going on, how that whole line gets pulled in different ways. Um, you can really kind of imagine, take that next leap and imagine that quite profoundly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome. Uh, I could ask you like million more questions <laughs> so uh well maybe we we could do another meeting eventually but uh just to to wrap up this amazing interview and experience i just would like you to to share with our audience like one simple exercise or one simple way to experience the fascia connection Ooh. um well Geez, that's a that's well, a really interesting one. <laughs> Maybe not that simple, um, but a way to to feel like, oh, this is this is fascia. This is one line. This is connection. One connection, yeah. And it's it's actually really interesting because a lot of people, I mean, from, from Tom's book, know kind of the exercise of rolling tennis ball or racquetball underneath your foot under the plantar fascia, yes. and it affecting that forward fold up and down the line. That's a real easy one, although I have to say we don't exactly know what mechanism is working the best here. Is it the fascial release or is it a neuromuscular response okay. that's happening okay. at this time? Um, but some of the work Jan Vilke's done as well has shown, again, even moving the ankle dorsi plantar flexion mm -hmm. affecting the hamstrings. So, for example, just very simply, in a lot of my yoga classes, we start off class with the toes tucked under and sitting back on the heels. And if somebody has knee problems, just toes up towards the ceiling, right in front of them, pointing back and forth as a way of moving this part of the line um, and seeing, you know, again, we oftentimes find there's that strong connection with very little effort. I think I'm 50 this past year, and as always, you mean in life, I like to do more with less effort so I can keep going with lots of things, whether it's paddling or yoga or anything else. So I'm always interested in, like you said, something very simple 
um, that gets a lot of results. So, um, but I can do all the other fun things that I like to do. Yes, yes. So, you mean something simple like that? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I take for us this this keyword like do more with less effort because. Mm -hmm. It's strategical. It's like understanding the, the connections within yourself and using them to sustain your living, walking, movement, moving, dancing, living. I am so happy, Larry. I am so thankful for your generosity. Almost 25 minutes. <laughs> this, oh, is, good. Yeah, this is wonderful, <laughs> a luxury. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And please uh, let us know how can can our audience reach you. Like, do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook page? How can they contact you? That's all good questions. Um, on Instagram, I'm Wellness Bridge, all spelled Bridge. together. And then, and that's my website, wellnessbridge.com. Well, yeah. You'll know you have me, not yeah. somebody else, because you'll see a yoga pose yeah. on the cover. Yeah. Um, under Facebook, under my name, Lori Nemitz, L-A-U-R-I. Yeah. Nemitz is N as yeah. in Nancy, E, M as in Mary, E-T-Z. And Facebook under groups. I also am the one usually posting under our Anatomy Trains Dissections group. We have a main page, which a lot of people know about, but we also publish or you know, post additional information sometimes under that dissections page that has to do with conversations either from lab or just new articles like some of the stuff Jan Bilke is doing or other people um, get posted on that page as well. So it's another good place to find me and have conversations. Okay. And under okay. website and everything else, you can always find contact info, and people are welcome to reach out. Great. And oh, and I should yes. say, yes. I should yes. say, I am writing currently a book. <laughs> I oh, should make great. this mention too. Yes, yes. Um, Art Anatomy Trains with Movement. We're working on the title because there's a, other people right now, like you know, Karen Gutner and AP, yes, um, yes. who are in our family of um, anatomy trains, who are also working on books, but um, my book is going to also hit a little bit upon some of the things for the dance movement therapist and cross professionals, everybody from um, personal training world to yoga Pilates, kind of as a interweave, um, you know, being able to discuss and talk to each other. And it will be geared a little bit towards the university students. So that will be getting published under Handspring Publishing, fantastic publisher. And I'll let you know so you can share that information yes, when that um, yes. Do is our way to come out. More or less, when, when would, will it be published? Probably by end of next year. We're okay. definitely looking to have it publishable before the um, date of the next Special Research Congress, which is in two falls in Montreal. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, we, you know, so we're definitely going to have it um, released before then, but hopefully I mean sooner. Depends always on, you know, clearing some of the image rights and all those good things. <coughs> fantastic. But yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So, Movement Bridge and everywhere on the internet. Well, wellness, Wellness Bridge. Bridge, connection, yes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've had that name for a long, long time. Yeah. Even before I worked with Tom Myers, I was already thinking of Connections. Connection. Yeah. Great name. 
Laurie, thank you so much. I hope this is the first of many meetings and I hope to meet you in person eventually as well. And Absolutely. in the meantime, well, uh, see you in the internet and thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very much appreciate. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you.